Hey everyone, it's Jerry at the Fledge with another episode of Every Damn Day. Uh, today on the show, we have our Chicago friend, Will Soderberg. Did I say it right? Soderberg. 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 That uh, umlaut or whatever. Uh, is that an umlaut? No, it's just a long O. A long O. Okay. Like a phonetic. And you were telling me what language that was. Uh, uh, the name is Swedish, yes. A Swedish name. And you, uh, so I introduce you. Who who else do we have on the screen today? This is Victoria Pearl. <laughs> Victoria Pearl. And it's at Victoria Pearl's uh, Halloween costume or? Yes. Oh. Yes. Yeah. So uh, we met, I don't know how, actually, just randomly over the internet or something like that. I was seeking a place to do a residency in Lansing and uh, not having success. And I came upon your website and uh, was very excited by the kinds of things you do there, which are just awesome and amazing. Uh, you know, the whole community space and urban farm, uh, chickens, uh, recording studio, game place, drop-in community center, event center. I know I'm leaving out about 100 things. Business oh, okay. Okay. Wrestling uh, location. <laughs> well, uh, which we also cool. thought what you did or what you were doing is really cool. Um, and uh, we loved providing that space for the uh, the residency. So you did that. Did you do that twice or once? So far, uh, just August uh, yeah, of 2019, I'd hope to come back this year, but um, I haven't even been back to Michigan since March, and sadly. Yeah, that is sad because um, we do miss it because it was super interesting. And um, I'm going to sit here and make a bunch of ad adjectives about it. Nobody knows what I'm talking about. Will you please tell us what I'm talking about or what your project is and what you do? Um, well, I have been doing a series of residencies. I did one in uh, Redford at Entropy Stereo, Mike Corey, shout out to him. Uh, and I, th these are the kind of self-induced residencies. I've also done a bunch in uh, locations offered by other places, uh, Signal Culture, formerly of Owego, New York, now in the process of relocating to Colorado. Uh, Ragdale, which is kind of more of a writer's artist colony residency uh, in Lake Forest, north of Chicago. But uh, I really wanted to play in Lansing. I know a lot of people from Lansing. I played in a group called Rattling Wall Collective. Uh, John Howard and Chris Peterson were the principals of that, an improv group. And uh, I was really looking for a place because, you know, I have uh, a lot of people I know in the area, Norm Zabrowski, uh, James Medaski, Wolf. Uh, John McIntyre, um, et cetera. And I knew if I was able to find a space in Lansing that something would happen. Uh, so what I do is just invite people in to work on creative endeavors with me. Uh, some of it takes the form of sound, but I also do work in video and installation and performance. And uh, uh, what I do is invite people in and we exchange ideas and try to create some work, which we did. Um, and I always just learn a ton. I mean, uh, and certainly coming to the Fledge was a huge education, very exciting because, uh, you know, my little micro label collective, the White Rose Network, you know, is like a dream of something like what the Fledge manifests. 
I mean, all the programs you do, all the people you bring in, the networking, everything is just awesome. Uh, and I try to do that on a small scale. Well, I I could say that you did do that on a small scale, and the Fledge is actually made up of people doing that on a smaller scale, but all coming together and sharing. And because without you all, the Fledge is an empty church, right? It's an old, empty, dirty church. And well, Jerry Norris, who says things like radically inclusive, and my job is to say yes. And you that don't run that everywhere. So, you know, respect. Oh, thank you very much. Um, but I am going to keep going back to you because you, I mean, even what you were talking about, that radical inclusion, I mean, you brought uh, Wolf in here. What's the guy um, from, I can't remember the, the. I'm going to say, I swear, I hope your grandkids or was it your grandkids? Uh, or, I don't think any of my grandkids were, oh, here. Yeah, uh, yeah. My grandkids were here, yes. Are they there? Because I was going to say uh, Crucifer. The Crucifix. Oh, right? yeah. Uh, Norm Zabrowski. Uh, you know, some of my friends have punk rock roots. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, there was also interactions that I was excited about and would have liked to develop more, like meeting Edward Smith, the painter who was there and talking about Gigantomachia, which I kind of stole that idea for the trio that recorded uh toward the end of the residency. Um, uh, Corey Callicut and his son came, uh, a Candace Whitmore. I mean, at one point I was doing a session and I had a seven-year-old playing drums and a 70-year-old had vocals. And that just was great. Is is that the piece we're thinking about playing at the end there? there both of those individuals are on that. Uh, it's primarily Candace's piece. Uh, she drove it and uh, I know it's not quite finished, but it was, it's it's 90 85% there uh, yeah. to work and then one of the guys from the the crucifix came and did a show on the steps just randomly one day okay um that wow. was really cool and it was because of you oh. um so it's serendipity these things all kind of tie together so thank you for that um you told us a bit about your project. What about you? You're from Mich you have Michigan roots, right? Well, I, I consider myself a native Michigander in exile. I had to come here for work. I was born in Smith's Creek, which is outside of Port Huron. Went to high school in Port Huron. Uh, went to Western Michigan University, so I spent some years in Kalamazoo, uh, and, and the White Rose Network was founded there, uh, inspired by things such as David Livingstone's Ninth Ninth Decade Coalition and uh, things like Destroy All Monsters in Ann Arbor and the Los Angeles Free Music Society and, and the Fossil Aerosol Mining Project in Chicago and Ono and all these long-term kind of uh, post-punk art groups. I don't know, they're all over the country. And uh, Time Stereo, a cassette label in the Detroit area. Um, and so that started in Kalamazoo. I spent a little while in Lansing, just like a summer uh, but I lived in suburban Detroit while my kids were growing up, Ferndale, and I had a house in Southfield up until February. And um, I, for work reasons, had to relocate to Des Plaines, Illinois, which is a suburb of Chicago about 12 years ago. And so I've been here, but I regularly went back to Michigan and always felt like a Michigander. I don't even talk right, according to the Chicago folks. 
<laughs> I, you know, and I, I still like my Michigan teams, the ones that are, I don't know, have deserved it. <laughs> um, there's one theme that I've kind of divorced because they aren't doing much. But um, yeah, I, I regard myself a Michigander. And, and uh, uh, so it was very, very much of interest to me to come there. Uh, and much of what I do is, you know, it, my day job is I work for a municipality here doing media, local media. And uh, your group uh, also kind of is in the same ballpark. I One of my first organizations that I really got excited about was a community access center in Kalamazoo, uh, which I'm dating myself, but uh, a few presidents ago, uh, you know, that was a pretty active way to do uh, weird punk rock videos and stuff. And I did those, you know, I did God Bullies videos and, you know, some uh, Strange Fruit Abaku work and, you know, things that uh, need to be dug out of the archives and reposted. Um, so that kind of inspired things. There's was a, a long term, somebody's melting down. <laughs> uh, in the other room. Uh, so, uh, yeah, community media. Uh, I did college radio, which was a lot of fun being able to program a show. Uh, Students for Progressive Action, Ken Knott's group that uh, hosted a lot of shows in the Kalamazoo area. And I've been kind of always inspired by those kinds of things and tried to conduct myself similarly. What what do you what would you say like the mission that common thing is that inspires you? Well, I, I kind of stole a line from Mayo Thompson of the Red Krill and I put it on the White Rose website, and I think it refers to it as a collective uh, working on independent production and promotion and distribution of independent media productions uh, with the goal of participating in the. Uh, uh, competition of ideas. Okay. Um, Can you hear that? Do, yeah. I'm, I'm are so they sorry. doing okay? No, it's all right. I, that's Killian. We uh, we said before that it's the year of the kid. It's the year of the pet. You know, it's uh, they're at your office every day now, aren't they? Um, well, I've actually been fortunate. I've been very, very lucky. A lot of my musician friends have kind of been furloughed or whatnot. And uh, my work kept me on. I, I did work from home intermittently a little bit, but I've continued to be employed. In fact, been very busy with the, the whole experience. We're doing a lot of municipal meetings on Zoom. So I've learned more about Zoom than I ever wanted to know. <laughs> it's been a challenge because, uh, you know, it's a, a, a not, you know, well-established technology up to this point. Um, so, uh, but yeah, having the, the kids came, moved in with me in April and, uh, they, the, the challenge has been for them trying to do school and understand, you know, all the new rules, all the new normal. Yeah. Um, is there, uh, so, uh, given that mission, given your, what you're trying to put together, you have like a huge discography, discography, ah. I can't say the word right now. Um, like I was looking on Bandcamp, there's it goes on and on. I did some uh, searching on you and found a lot of stuff. Is that you? You're pretty prolific. 
Well, I'm, I'm maybe persistent. Um, you know, I, I, I've never really permeated the membrane of popular culture in a way like some of my friends have had records out and, you know, had some level of, uh, of, of notoriety or whatever. And I've always kind of flown under the radar. A lot of living room recordings, four-track recordings, home studio recordings. I recorded some at Western, you know, some community stuff. But I have been pretty persistent and, uh, uh, you know, I keep documenting the stuff. I mean, Bandcamp has, I don't think it has half of the kind of archival project, but I've got stuff on there going back to, you know, when it all kind of started. Uh, you know, um, I don't think gets a lot of attention paid to it, but I keep doing it. It's there. Um, it's, uh, you know, we, you gave us a lot of appreciation for just recording things and getting them out there and getting them, uh, I don't know, I guess uh, creating a space for people to be able to do that. And then we had like uh, StoryCorps came in and we started, you know, recording stories. And it just, I don't know, it, it kept bringing me back to when you were here um, and thinking about just like a library of sounds and a library of messages and how important audio and video and all of this really is. And then COVID hits and it's like everything, right? I mean, our whole world turns into that. Um, the face-to-face -face starts to go away, unfortunately. Um, do you think that that kind of prepared you? Um, I don't know that anybody could be prepared for what just happened. I mean, I'm, you know, I'm 60 years old, so I've been around the block a few times, and I've not seen anything like this. I've not seen anything like the current day politics. I've not, you know, seen anything like this, this pandemic, um, you know, I, you'd have to go back to what, 1918 to find anything similar. I mean, yeah. it, it's, it's all new and, uh, but I, I, I try to pride myself, even though I'm an elder at this point, I try, I'm still looking for new music to listen to. I'm so interested in new artists. Um, you know, I'm not out at the clubs every day, but I I don't just listen to the same bands I did. I discover people, and sometimes there are people who have been around a while. So, uh, but you know, it's an ongoing search, and I try to. I, I like new technologies. Uh, yes, sir. I need some help. What do you need? Come here. I can't use them if I wear my helmet. But if I. Well, put do you my... want to take your helmet off? No, I don't even know if you can. Can you? Well, you have to take your suit off. But I can't hear them. And then if I put my headphones on. Well, you have two choices. You can take your suit off. I'm going to mute him for a second and let them deal with that. And I am going to play a sample of Candace. When the master is here, it's Candace. not spiritual. It's <clears throat> sensual. Jesus, women swooned, fell to their knees, head to his feet. Men moved to tears when his eyes met their gaze. Buddha, joy incarnate, he sat telling stories, rocking with bliss, his body golden, shining like someone swathed with oil. Krishna, dark lover, beautiful one, his flute transported those with ears to hear. He danced before them, with them, 
not as a metaphor. He danced. When the master is here, it's not spiritual, it's sensual. Muhammad is... So I'll take a break from that and we can play a little bit more. Thought that would be a good time to introduce kind of what you did when you were at the Fledge. Well, primary credit for that goes to Candace. That was, you hear me uh, okay? Yes. Can you hear me? Oh, Can you hear me okay? Yes, yes. Okay. Um, I mean, most of the time when I do yeah. these residencies, it's I end up directing most of it. And some people come in, they kind of participate. Uh, in Candace's case, she came in with ideas and kind of uh, I just facilitated. So that was nice. And it was something to learn. Her piece came from a whole different place than I would ever go myself. So, you know, it expanded me. I, I apologize so much for the background noise, but this is my life. Um, uh, it's uh, to me, it's completely okay. It's I mean, this is the fledge. We're raw. It's what we do. I, I have no idea what I'm doing. I said, I'm going to start. Well, 48 days ago, I said, I'm starting a podcast called Every Damn Day and started it that afternoon. And here's where we're at. So to me, I'm okay. And look at, I transitioned into that Candace thing and all that. So I'm Which is learning all, how to be a producer. Calmness and a serenity and a certain <laughs> aspect and um, yeah, I mean, and significant to my life right now is just the fact that I do have a 10 year old uh, who has some struggles, as we all do, a 12 year old who's in seventh grade, and then a 17 year old who's a senior in high school. And can you imagine being a senior right now? It's, and uh, they're getting screwed. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, so I was going to, I've got a couple people in the uh, crowd right now. Um, and one of the question is, do you only deal in music or do you do something with like informational videos, um, like for positioning and stuff like that, like maybe marketing or something with the city? Uh, well, the, the work with the city is all about telling the city's story. I mean, we do instructional videos on how to use the new uh, software online dashboard for water meters. Uh, we promote the city. We do special events. I mean, uh, we're working right now on a, a virtual holiday lighting ceremony. We had to do a virtual 4th of July, uh, which fortunately we had some archives and we were able to go back. And we uh, did a thing where we, we had a scout. We had uh, uh, the woman who's been organizing the parade in Despains for 17 years, who almost never appeared on camera, but we got her to do a Zoom interview. A veteran from World War II, a veteran from Vietnam, uh, a veteran from the, the, the desert wars, and who all came out and said what this parade means to them. And uh, I think it was you know, a pretty nice piece for us. But yeah, we do a lot of informational video, but that's the, the day job kind of. My own work tends to be more abstract and I do a lot of video work, drones. Uh, the Signal Culture organization uh, kind of extends from the Experimental Television Center of the 70s and 80s, Namjoon Pike and those folks, Dave Jones, uh, names you may not know, but you should if you're into video processing. Um, so there's a lot of video work of all different shapes. I mean, uh, as long as it doesn't make money, I work on it. We, uh, yesterday I went 
I think it was yesterday, I went to a new place that just opened in Lansing that's the uh, largest, uh, uh, what would I say, virtual reality, like sensors and camera between here, between New York and California. So there's a bigger one in New York, a bigger one in LA, but we've got the, like the third biggest one in the nation now here in Lansing. Nice. And we're starting a film studio um, that the Fledge has partnered up with a bit. Uh, that's also very interesting. Uh, Greenway District. Look at 360 video. It's huge. And I, I was fortunate enough. I've also, I, I have aspirations of being an educator in community access. A lot of what you did was you taught people. Uh, you facilitate studios and you taught people to do their, their video productions. And I did work with Detroit Public Schools as part of the 21st Century program and a lot of middle school students. And what I found was interesting with them is their uh, perception of video production as being unified with gaming. And uh, so these things are all coming together. I mean, the kids know where that's coming and that's, you know, game development and narrative storytelling and, you know, the abilities of these media to become something different. You know, I mean, it's going to make movies from moving from silence to talkies look like, you know, a baby step. I mean, I think it's going to be interesting. So uh, uh, is there something you do every damn day that kind of moves for, moves you forward, moves you forward towards a mission, uh, gets you through the day? You know, somebody mentioned um, that she loves the background noise. It's like she loves watching parents navigate the family care and the work in this kind of awesome way. Um, so that's as valuable, I think, sometimes as our conversation that we're having to people watching. Um, well, it's, it's the reality. I mean, right now, every damn day I get up and I take kids' temperatures and I check them into their schools. And, uh, and every damn day, it's different. I mean, you know, we weren't here a month ago. And going forward, we may not be in school. So uh, just uh, kind of you know, taking a look at where you are and moving forward with that. Um, every, I, I, there's another one of these uh, upstairs, Minya, pretty much every day he's uh, got some thyroid issues. So he gets medication and that's kind of a ritual I do do, which is manage him. And he's been my buddy ever since he found me about 15 years ago. And um, he gives me great comfort as does this one that too. She's, and they're not getting along right now, so they're separated. Because <laughs> things couldn't be too complicated, could they? Yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's the people in my life, you know. I mean, my life. Uh, January, I was living here by myself with the two cats. You know, now three kids, and their mom comes and visits four times a week, and you know, uh, it keeps me moving. And work, work is. I, I'm thankful for it. You know. Um, you know, uh, I've been very fortunate and we've all been healthy so far. So uh, just try to take a moment and appreciate where we are. That's the big challenge to me. That's the big magic. If I try to advise anybody, which I probably have no right to do so, but I would say stop right here for this second. I'm getting interviewed by someone that I respect so much with an organization that's in a, in a building that's just so fabulous that does such great things like 
things that I aspire to. And, and uh, yeah, Killian's out here melting down, but he's going to be okay. And I'll get to go in and save him in a few minutes, you know, and this one's okay too. I mean, you know, just, you know, the heat's on, the bills are paid. Uh, uh, I, you know, it's like when you get sick, you remember how good it was before you got sick. Yeah. You know? yeah. <laughs> uh, and I try to remember that in advance. And, and, you know, sometimes it's just a matter of sitting here and going, appreciating, you know? Yeah. So I appreciate well, it. You know, there's a great podcast called the Fitzroy Diaries. And the woman who writes that, she's Australian. She does a great job of putting you in that mindset of, of, she walks around the neighborhood in the storyline with a baby strapped to her chest and appreciates what's around her in a very positive way. We'll have to find a reference to that and put that in the, the links with the, your band camp stuff. So (laughs) yesterday, uh, now I feel like I want to move this along because, uh, Killian, I don't want to melt him all the way down. Um, so try to stop it. (laughs) Well, that's your job. I got to get you to your job. Let them do it. (laughs) Um, Allison Spooner, an author, uh, was on the show yesterday. And as you know, we we daisy chained the shows together. So she Mm -hmm. has a question for you that I'm passing along. And her question is, what was that first sound that you remember that you wanted to record? Well, for me, the the early inspirations that lead to my practice, as they call it in the art world, was the recording, you know, medium. And so when I was like nine years old, I got one of these for Christmas. And it's a, a, a primitive loop player recorder. And of course, I had to go on eBay as an adult and get another one. But um, the ability to capture that, I was like nine years old. And ever since I've been fascinated by capturing a moment and then what can I do with that? So that, that's kind of, you know, when, when we were, when we were talking about it yesterday, I was mad. I mean, that, that pushing play and record at the same time on that cassette deck was, was so fascinating. Yeah, this thing is cool. It's a little, Got a little cartridge that goes into it. Someday I want to do an installation. Yeah, Victoria. So you just yeah. push the cartridge. And I haven't ever been able to get one of these to work, but having this, and that was my first recording device. And I, I remember doing recordings and and just being really fascinated by the process and falling in love. And then I would play with radios, the bass and trouble, and uh, you know, was listening and uh, aspiring to record and uh you know, it's been an ongoing process ever since. That's awesome. Really session. Um, so tomorrow I've got Thrift Witch on for Halloween. Okay. And you have a question that I can, and this is Tisha King, and you have a question for me to pass on to her. What would that question be? Well, I'm a big fan of some of the, the, the found objects collections that there's magazines and sounds and things so i would be really interested in what is the strangest weirdest most unique uh object document photograph that she found in something that came through her store Uh, maybe somebody's a letter to somebody in a book that fell out or 
maybe you know a, a coin in a pocket of something there had to be something that was really bizarre you know yeah that's a good question i look forward to her answer there um what so i've got a i got to kind of twist that around and ask you that same question that's what we do um okay. so i'm gonna ask you what what's the you recorded something that you were intending to record but you got something else in the background and killian doesn't count um what's that something in the background that you weren't expecting to be there but it was that you kind of found well it's kind of a an ongoing and it permeates everything i do because you know recording creates its own universe its own place its own temporal space so i record and then i work with objects or or that recording but i let it talk to me so it's almost always unexpected um i can't really think of one example but th they kind of speak to me and i kind of have to wait for them to tell me what's there and very rarely is it what i intended to do it's something else and sometimes it's not even in the recording it's that it suggests something so i know that's not a direct answer but it does address the practice which is you know documenting and then letting the documents kind of direct you you know it's uh I, I love you guys so much. I mean, the people I get to talk to in my life uh, are really amazing because um, I'm expecting, you know, some chirp of a frog or something. And you're talking about a whole concept that emerges and that it, you, the whole thought process um, was not what I was expecting you to answer, but it's the best answer ever. So um, what... Uh, I was, th I always ask, I always do a little business as we're wrapping up. Um, that's number one, every damn day, uh, airs every damn day at 2 PM, uh, one central or whatever. I got to start getting more global, I guess. Um, 2, 2 PM Eastern, I guess. Um, 99 problems, but a pitch ain't one is coming up on Sunday at 3 PM. Uh, we're starting a coding club, uh, podcast, get together thing, uh, in two weeks. Uh, so we'll have the coding club going and we also have 10,000 fledges, which is every Tuesday at three. Um, I usually ask like, do you want to take us out with some last thought? Do you want me to play the rest of Candace? Do you, what do you um, think? One thing I did want to mention is uh, I, I was just fortunate enough. There's one of those organizations down in Florida called Electronic Cottage, and it is they're they're descending from the '80s tape trading underground that I was around, but I wasn't participating in. But uh, this guy Hal McGee in Gainesville just put together a series of recordings uh, where he paired people who hadn't played together, didn't know each other together. And I got paired to do what they call a split release, 30 minutes of his music and then 30 seconds of my sounds. And uh, we just released that, I want to say Tuesday or Wednesday. Uh, it's uh, Electronics Cottage split number 19 of, I think there's going to be 29. And that just came out. So uh, Scott Bizarre, a wonderful prepared guitar player is on there. And then my most recent work that I've been working on the last couple of months is on there. So uh, and just, uh, yeah, shout out to Hal McGee and all the Electronic Cottage folks. I hope somebody's watching. 
and I will put some links in the uh, the description and all of that of this video. I have codes for that. If anybody wants it, just email me at will at white-rose.net. And I think I've got about eight or nine codes if somebody wants it. Plus, it's a $1 thing. Uh, so uh, it's not too, too dear. All right. I'll get that out there, too. So thank you so very much, Will. Um, I appreciate it. Thank you. Uh, you have a huge, hectic schedule. I can't believe you agreed to do this in the middle of your day. <laughs> so, uh, that's, about myself, you know? it's it's quite an honor to have you here, and quite an honor to uh, get some of your time. But I'm gonna let you get back to your busy schedule. So, love y'all. 